version at patreon.com slash slowspinsocietypodcast or by subscribing directly on Apple Podcast. But as usual, more on that later. So, Rob, what's new with you? You have something uh, you wanted to talk with us about, I don't know, like a bunch of pages you put together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say a big thank you guys for having me back. I uh, really enjoyed last time. I've uh, been looking forward to it and listening to you guys on a daily basis at the moment with my uh, coffee in the morning and a bit of <laughs> breakfast. I always put the podcast on and yeah, really, really enjoying it, guys. So thank you very much and, and keep up the good work because it's nothing else out there like that at the moment. And I think a lot of people are, that I speak to are enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's pretty dope. Um, Hell yeah. I wanted to thank say to you. you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, projects going on. Um, I would like to publish a book this year by December. So it will be a fixed gear photography documentary book to feature riders, scenes, crews, riding clubs, and a bunch of different shops and brands that have been pushing fixed gear in the last 10 years. Uh, the book will be mainly photography with a small amount of text. Uh, documenting the scenes and the different styles and how it's changed via social media, how it's gone from this messenger scene to a velodrome scene to a you know street fixed gear freestyle, and there'll be a mixture of different different uh, content in there. And I hope to have that ready and published and printed by November, so I can get it out to a few shops and crews around the world by December for Christmas. Damn, that's great. That's awesome. Thanks, man. How long have you been working on it, like collecting like the photographs? So and... I came up with the idea in February. I pretty much I was I was thinking of the concept of traveling around and meeting the crews and filming something and making a documentary film-wise. But without the financial backing and support I would have needed for that, it was kind of overwhelming. And yeah, I just came up with the idea, why don't I start with the book? And um, soon as I, soon as the idea came to me, it became quite clear. Um, so I just started contacting everyone directly. And at the moment, there's around 55 to 60 crews, riders and teams Holy and shops shit. and brands involved. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's like a reference book. Like a <laughs> Book on fixed gear. That's cool. Um, basically, because of COVID, I couldn't travel. So what I asked, I wrote a photography brief for the book, sent that out to everyone. And it will be, you know, a selection of 10 to 15 photos, depending on the size of the crew, depending on who, who's taking the photos. And it was really to capture, in essence, the, the style unseen around the world, like KTF, FTW, 
uh, ADX proof, um, all the all the European crews, X Bob and Daytona, uh, all all the people that I, I speak to on a daily basis on social media have asked to send me a selection of photos that they're happy with that represents them as a style, and I'll put that in the book. And I'm working with a design team in my home city, Newcastle, uh, Tac Design. They're really good. They're putting the initial layout together, so they're just designing how it will look when it goes to print. And everyone started sending me photos back now, and I'm starting to get content, but it's a bit challenging, obviously, week by week, trying to contact everyone and getting these quality photos back. Um, but yeah, I think it's all possible. I'm really excited about it. Damn, that's like, that's quite the project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like really put everything into it. Yeah, it's a small community and I think it's a nice time. Uh, that's what I talked about in the pre-show about this other book that I just bought. Uh, it's called Fixed, Global Fixed Gear by Culture uh, by Andrew Edwards and Max Leonard. And that was in 2009 or 2010. And that was the last thing uh, that I can see documents anything about fixed gear in a hardback or paperback style book. So uh, 2009 copyright, it says here in front of me. And just want to say well done to the guys. The book is awesome. It really covers the entire history of fixed gear from back from 1903 in the Tour de France to all the way to 2009. It's, um, it's a really good book. I would check it out if anyone wants to have a look. You can get it online some different places. Uh, it's good inspiration. I bought it as inspiration for mine. But to be honest, it's on my coffee table and I'm reading it all the time because it's a lot of good facts and figures and information in there it's got a bit about yeah, yeah I, was, sorry. I was like thinking like this and this book and the book that you're going to release they really sound like perfect coffee table yeah. books so you just sit down on the couch with the coffee and you, you look that was it. the plan i mean i'm self-funding this so there's no profit in it basically i will pay for the design uh team myself for now and then hopefully when it's ready i will put some pre-orders out so Hopefully the bigger crews take around five, 10, 15, 20 books. If I can sell one to 200, maybe 250 in the pre-order, that should cover the costs of the shipping around the world and the design team, basically. Maybe there's a second run if people like it. I don't know. I'm not expecting too much, but it's, yeah, stick it on your coffee table. Leave it look pretty. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Good. Uh, I mean, that's an awesome project. And I'm glad that there is more people documenting like that kind of new era of fixed gear. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's the beginning of something new. Uh, I was I had like a discussion with a bunch of dudes uh, a few a few days back for like a movie and I did just needed like a, a test writer basically and I was like oh yeah mm -hmm. sure I can do that and it's really we really want to make a movie about Paris and not fixed gear and Paris and I was like oh yeah I'm completely fine with that I just I I write fixed gear but uh I can write like a, a normal human being you know I don't have to burn every red light I see and it was interesting because he was trying to find an axis, you know, for that video. A walk around Paris, but we needed something for like a voiceover or yeah, like some kind of guideline, you know, and Figure is actually coming back. He was mm -hmm. like, 
yeah, man, but I don't know. Gravel is really the new thing, and I don't know if Fixed Gear is really gonna stay around for long. I feel it's just kind of a, a little wave, but not much. And I was like, ah, <laughs> let me believe, please. I am sure, I am so sure that we're at the dawn or something new. I totally agree. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, I've been riding fixed gears since what, 2000, uh, what am I, 35 now? I would have been around 19 when I got my first bike. Um, and yeah, the, it's gone up and down, obviously, with, with different fads. But I think with social media now, it's, it's definitely, and, and the amount of like single speed brands out there just pushing a a simple bike they're not expensive they're not fixed gears but it's just that if you if you see one from a distance it looks like a fixie yeah and i think that kind of thing is just helping the entire scene become more known um around the world to the general public in terms of uh we know what a single speed is now and that before it was like put as many gears on your bike Single speed is is the opposite way to go. Now it's it's definitely on. I think there's something happening in the whole scene around the world, uh, and I think fixed gear will grow more. Yeah, definitely. I've seen an interview of I think it was the CEO or one of the executive at State Bikes, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, we have trouble. We have so many orders. You know, so many people actually want to get into." Mm-hmm. like cycling in general because with the pandemic uh like gym were closed and people didn't have an outlet you know and so a lot of people got into cycling and at the same time a lot of people uh got a single speed because it was cheap and it was an alternative to buy a crazy expensive road bike mm-hmm. the supply chain and the demand is just through the roof and I was talking to a friend a few days ago and he went to like a frame builder convention thing and SRAM was there, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were taking the order for 2024, 20 freaking mm-hmm. 24. How backed up yeah, is that's... that? Yeah. That was the same thing with Envy, right? Like where they were selling pre-orders yeah. for 2020. How do you even know right? what to buy for 2024 for your yeah. business? Is that for business to business? Yeah, yeah That's not business to business. To... I don't know, yeah. but like, I guess you're just taking order for like a hundred of mid-tier group sets and like 50, you know, like high-tier group sets. I don't know. Right now, the cycling world is kind of nuts. I don't even know what I'm doing next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in 2024 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think it's nice that everyone's getting into cycling like maybe i think i think like a an estimate if you say like 10 people that get into cycling there's maybe one person who goes fixed gear and i mean that that's still a pretty nice amount i think and i think like it's also like the the help of social media and having friends that cycle fixed gear i think that's like the the main motivator for new people, like if they know someone who rides fixed gear, otherwise, yeah, most people just stumble upon it by yeah. chance more than anything. Yeah, I else think I if think. you know someone that rides fixed gear and you have that chance to uh, try it out, um, I think it's it's 
it's a much better way, easier way. You, you, you then can try someone's bike instead of taking a massive leap. You, yeah. you riding fixed gear for the first time is, yeah. can be quite daunting, especially for yeah. a lot of people. And anyone who owns a fixed gear, like everyone knows that if you own a fixed gear, you'll let everyone know that you ride fixed gear. There's no <laughs> way that you will not find that. <laughs> um, FTW crew in Melbourne are doing, I've seen a few posts where they're doing the meetup rides, but they're also doing like a come try a fixed gear bike. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah, I, which I think is super cool for people that have never ridden fixed gear, but they know what it is. So you can come down, I think they meet outside of a library or some kind of a big building where it's a nice flat spot. There's a few of them ride tricks and whatnot. But if you want to come down and try people's bikes out, then then you're welcome to, which I think is a super cool thing to do. Yeah, that's really nice. They're doing that in Australia, right? In Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. And what do you think of the fixed gear scene in Berlin? I know we talked about it last time you were here, but I feel like... Even in if that little amount of time, there's a lot of uh, evolution. In the scene itself, it's definitely growing. Um, there's a lot more younger people coming up. Um, like I, I think I talked last time that we, last year we were putting on a regular night ride once a week, once every two weeks on a Wednesday. And to be honest, with, with us launching the shop and getting frames and products and, and working on uh new merchandise and whatnot we haven't had the time and the weather's been pretty shitty we haven't had as much time to focus on the night rides but what i've noticed is there's a, a massive young group like i'm talking 18 19 to 24 year olds just coming out with their sketchy fixies and blasting around and they're, de and they're desperate for this it's none of the old school guys at the moment that are coming to the night rides it's a each week we're getting between i mean we're doing a regular fixed Berlin night ride, I'd say once a month, which it's official night ride and we all turn up. But once a week, they're still meeting. Yeah. They're all, all the other guys are still meeting and uh, really enjoying the scene. So I'm seeing it grow this summer quite a lot. Hell yeah. That's nice. It's summer break there now, right? For like yeah. high schools and, and such. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. perfect timing then. Yeah, that's cool. Uh rides in Paris they started again uh pretty much mm -hmm. all of them so we have like two rides on Wednesday one ride on Thursday uh one ride on Tuesday too I think or it's not it's not back at it again but like there's so many and the one so the one today the one on Thursday is like every time I would say there is at least 80 people you guys really pull out big rides. It's, I mean, it's like yeah. massive. Eighty people at Jeez. least. Is that uh, even fun still? For me, that even even if I like riding with people, I tend to go at the really tail of the of the thing and just chill over there because hmm. if you're like in the middle, it's quite hectic. Yeah. I, I'm I'm assuming that's with the the wheelie boy gangs as well. Well, the wheelie boy gangs, they're still part of it, but they now understood that it was better for them to be on the side, you know. Yeah. Uh, or like either in front or at the other, usually in front, but. 
<laughs> because if one just swerves into you, you can be pretty sure you will take a track in the face or whatever. So, yeah, they they tend to now understand that it's not the best idea to be in the middle of the crowd and start swerving like crazy. But, yeah, it's, it's, it scares the shit out of me. It's yeah. so chaotic riding with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's still quite something. Yeah. I love to blast a wheelie, but the swerving and the, the, the not so much caring whether you hit your friend <laughs> puts, puts me at the back of the group on them on those days. <laughs> Yeah, we um, Fixed Berlin crew went to Hamburg two weekends ago and met the Breakless Cycling crew. Um, that was an absolute dope weekend. Um, super sick. Uh, Kirby, who runs Breakless Cycling, works at the Radway shop. So we went to the Radway shop in Hamburg, which I've got to say is like the apple of uh, bike stores. It's so <laughs> nice in there. Um, it's, it's really nice. Beautiful workshop. Beautiful coffee machine, really nice merchandise, and um, yeah, everything you need in a good bike shop, of course. And a um, bunch of uh, high-end road bikes and, and bits and bobs in the, in there, and uh, we had a nice coffee with the guys. Then we did some trick session. They got the drone out. Um, it was super cool, and yeah, a few different spots in Hamburg, some beers, then a night ride, some food. Pretty intense weekend. There was 12 of us from Fix Berlin went over. Uh, which is quite a hard group to to, to it's quite a, a large group to to manage, but uh, it's good. Yeah, really good. I just wanted to mention the break was like the guys are uh, absolutely killing it. <clears throat> Did Gonzi re uh, re um, sorry, what's the word? Record you yes. guys with the drone. Yes. Yeah, I've seen some yeah. videos. Yeah. Epic. Like you and Maddie, you guys both had some sick lines, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that's good. Mm Maddie had some crazy lines, absolutely crazy lines. Uh, the thing is, you've got because he's such a good drone pilot. He's absolutely amazing. I mean, his skill—he puts on his goggles, sits there with his controller, and he's so in the zone. He flips that thing so fast. So every line you have to do, you can't do that slow because the drone is moving so fast. So you, you end up like getting all of this adrenaline, and you're like, right. Right, just skid, just hop, just just blast it as fast <laughs> as you can. Just pull up, just do a wheelie, really. and, and, and it looks dope on the drone because because of his um, his skill. It was really really fun. Yeah, there's um like Terry Berenson has like this like I don't, I don't know if you could, would call it a series, but like he has some videos where he just follows random people in New York like cycling. I, mm -hmm. I think it would be cool if uh, uh, Gonzi did that with the drone, just like doing these epic shots of a mother cycling to the supermarket or something make it look dramatic <laughs> yeah but like terry yeah. just looks like a regular dude cycling behind you if you have like a drone buzzing behind you here and like <laughs> nah it's yeah not. that thing's loud oh, yeah. Man, as well yeah yeah it's not discreet <laughs> let's say that <laughs> <laughs> and so like it was like you the guys from hamburg and i heard like some other crews came around um, there's a few of the guys from Potsdam, which is um, fixed Potsdam. So that's from, uh, it's like an, uh, 45 minutes away from Berlin. Uh -huh. So a lot of the guys from fixed Potsdam are part of fixed Berlin as well. Oh, we all right. ride together. Um, and there was, yeah, the good thing about Hamburg was it was different BMX scenes. Um, the guys from Sui Cycles, really cool yeah. shop. Um, 
yeah, really dope. They were super nice. They gave us some merchandise and, and, and stuff. And yeah, it was just every... Hamburg seems to be a really nice city. The vibe seems to be really nice. And to be honest, the people were really friendly, which I liked a lot. And so I, I, don't, I don't even know if I can talk about that, but I heard like you guys had an event planned for end of August. Yes. Um, still in the works. Still um, in the works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what to say about that at this point. Uh, we would love ideally to have a three day event with Ali Cat, bit of trail riding, bit of street section, um, some fun games, some nice nights and drinks and try to invite everyone. The problem is it's just very difficult to organize something like that at this point. So bear with us. Um, if you can keep the last weekend in August free by chance, then do that. But uh, I can't say for sure whether it's going to go ahead at this point. But we would love to have it go ahead, of course. Yeah. It's crazy how Fix Gear Berlin is getting so big and so professional. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Matt is doing a really great job, to be honest. Uh, it's a lot to deal with and but he's really killing it we've got new products coming in the shop new uh deal with frames coming in for someone else now we sold more uh, i think all of the screens now and they the next batch won't be ready for a while so we looked at another uh brand which i'll not say yet just make sure we sign the contract first <laughs> um, but yeah there should, <laughs> yeah. should be another selection of frames coming in soon um and a bunch of different components mm, curious um, Ginelli yeah. sold yeah. last week, and you guys have new friends. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can definitely say it's not Ginelli. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll try our best to take that info out. <laughs> But I remember during the first episode with you here, you were talking about how Fixed Berlin wanted to like be at the forefront of like reviving or spreading fixed gear culture in Europe. And it seems mm -hmm. like that's really it's really happening. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people see the content and, and want to get involved. And, and that's my whole point is to inspire people to get out on their bike. I mean, biking in general is, is a good life, a good choice in life. It keeps me happy, keeps me fit. And yeah, my passion for fixed gear and Matty's passion for fixed gear and the whole uh, fixed building team would like to, to grow that community. And I think we're doing a, yeah, pretty good job at the moment. Something that uh, we saw this year with Fixed Gear Berlin was your partnership with Scream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys had like a bunch of magnums for sale, uh, right? Yeah. And you also got uh, a Scream Ranger. So I got sponsorship from Scream uh, when I got sent uh, Kevin from uh, Scream Bikes. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, got to say thank you for the support and, and belief. It's really nice. Uh, he sent me out a Ranger and a Magnum. So I have both models now. Oh, yeah. Um, I freaking love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Scream Magnum is like the, the normal track bike, right? And the Ranger yeah. is like the track lacrosse oriented one. Uh, yeah. It's compared to every other track lacrosse frame we see right now on the market who are steel tubing and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. classic geometry. That one is 
aluminium carbon fork uh, fits gigantic tires. And yeah, do you, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, bit? it's it's um, I'm looking at it right now, so I can definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's got this. He's got this mad, massive carbon fork on the front, which, to be honest, if the clearance was the same on the back, you could fit up to a 55, 56 C tire in there. At the moment, oh I'm God. running 42s. Yeah. Because it's a, a, to match the back, so the max clearance in the back is 42C, um, and the front is huge. The fork is disc brake ready on the front. Um, also, you can put fenders on this thing if you want. You can put two bottle cages on this thing. Um, it's pretty pretty beasty. It's a really good winter bike, I think, as well. Um, I use it in the city a lot because Berlin is is cobbles, gravel paths between parks. Uh, the, a lot of the roads aren't so smooth, so for, for me, it's it, as well as getting out into the, the woods, it's a really good, comfortable ride. It wheelies really well. Um, it's a little bit longer top tube than the than the Magnum, which is understandable for for the jump for the geometry that he's gone for. It can bar spin with up to I think a 32C tire on the front. So it's a pretty good trick bike as well. Um, but I, I didn't want to ride, make two trick bikes. I wanted to make a, a gravel bike, a track lacrosse bike and a trick bike. So that's why I chose to make the Ranger what it's, in my eyes, what it's supposed to do, go off road and handle everything. We, we, oh man, I took it down like some woods recently and I was hitting the roots in the soil going down some pretty steep downhill routes. And it just bounced over them, no problem. <laughs> what oh, size yeah. tires were you running? The the same forty two C. Damn, it's like a tank. Yeah, it's yeah, and Looks I've like got the yeah I've got the DT Switch H five two two hybrid rims, which are about twenty eight mil wide on the outside. So even the forty two C tire becomes like a forty six. Holy 45. shit! Yeah. What tire is that? That is, I love the Schwabble G1s. Okay. Yeah. Like... And these are the bite. So the, the, not the sport. The, I like the sport for different. And the standard G1 has the small bubbles, but the bite has like huge uh, kind of muddy track uh, nobbles on them, which is really nice for off-road. And it makes a dope sound when you skid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes that whoosh kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get kind of addicted to that. <laughs> Super wide bar on it so that it's uh, you can really push into the bar and you're going downhill and a lot of control. Really, really, really pretty bike. I love uh, Scream's paint designs. I think that's what's uh, really good about them. Um, uh, just the paint quality that he uses is pretty exceptional. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because you have yeah. the green one, right? And there's, I think, a white yes. and purple one. It's like a gray and purple. Okay. Yeah. But I think a lot of the pictures I've seen online have been color graded slightly wrong and they look a bit white, but the actual version of it is more of a gray with a purple, which is kind of cool, but I prefer the green. Yeah. I think the one thing that always stood out to me with green bikes were, I mean, like they, they've changed their image over the past, like two or three years, I think, like who they're mm -hmm. aiming to sell the bikes to, but the paint jobs were always like. The most eye-catching part for me at least they look great totally on point to paint jobs like totally they, they, they catch the sun they hold up after heavy use um they take a lot of shit and they, and they don't scratch so easily um 
So yeah, they come with a Scream headset, they come with a Scream custom uh, seat clamp as well when you buy the frame search. Some nice bits and bobs on them. Yeah, I really like them. So thank you to Scream. <laughs> and I've seen recently they released like a Guillermo Galindo signature edition. Yes, which is super dope. Uh, I was speaking to Mimo the other day about it. Um, he's, cut, he's chosen a sick paint job. Um, he's gone from the Ranger for his signature frame. Congrats to him. That's, that's huge, getting your own signature yeah, frame. Yeah, it but, is something. <laughs> yeah, it looks dope. I really love what that guy does. He's definitely a huge influence to a younger American culture of bringing them into fixed gear. Um it's not. It's totally different to what fixed gear. The, I, I would imagine what the scene is over there in is it California or Los Angeles? He's in Los Angeles, um, but he's inspiring so many people to get on a fixed gear bike and trick and ride and wheelie, which is which is a really good thing for the scene. Yeah, I've seen I've seen his edit a few months back, and it was already out in out on YouTube for like a year or so, and I was like. How did I not see that before? And 15 minutes long, him and a bunch of other dude. And yeah, it's more of a movie yeah, because it's <laughs> like, yeah, 15 minutes. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. And uh, I'll put that too into the show notes because it, it's a it's a good time. Yeah, big up to him over there, man. I, 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 I chat with him a bit on on social and yeah, he's super supportive of the, the, the scene. And I, I really respect that. The screen bikes are something, and yeah, my, but I am still quite curious about what you guys are going to do in, in the future. Going to have that, that well, contract we, signed. <laughs> the, also, the, the, the custom paint job on, the, on my Magnum, which is taking a little bit longer than expected, but you should, guys should see that pretty soon. So that should be a fixed fill-in screen uh, limited paint job on the magnum and oh, yeah. mine was the prototype mine was the prototype for that that's why i haven't been able to ride it yet oh. it came raw from from scream and it's been at this custom paint job uh and and fingers crossed we should have it back pretty soon so it's going to be a custom paint job but available for retail we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so many things in the works yeah so many things <laughs> And it's going to be a dope paint job. Uh, I, I will not say more. <laughs> I will not say more. <laughs> Talking about paint jobs, I don't know if Fabian, you've seen the the video of uh, Fix Your Villain doing like a mm. paint job on no. <laughs> a focal or is it a volume cutter? Volume cutter. Yeah, yeah. A volume cutter bike, and that thing looks sick. That thing looks yeah. so good. That thing rides insane, man. That bike is so good. That volume cutter. If I can get a hold of one of them, I would. I would definitely buy one. The, the it hops well. It one eighties well. It wheelies well. It's so well balanced and it's solid and it's pretty lightweight for an, a, a steel frame. Um, but yeah, Matty's video on on how to paint was pretty good. He's got some crazy ideas at the moment on how to really create a story in the chain reaction movies or the, the, the online content that we're putting out on the YouTube channel with a bit more of like trying to get across the lifestyle of, of what, what we're doing on a daily basis here. And I think he's really hit the nail on the head with the style, his edit style, his shooting style, 
bit more talking to camera and a bit more what we're up to. I hope you liked it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really really cool movie. And so you guys now are kind of matching with your custom frame and his volume cutter. Like it's not the exam color, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's a cool one. But I remember when you could find them on eBay, like new people were trying to get rid of them and they were so cheap. Yeah. Yeah, they're like dirt cheap. Who makes them? Volume. Volume. BMX oh. brand. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 And it like, was... they, they all have that cutout on the head tube. <sighs> And yeah. so a lot of people yeah. were not into it because like, you know, a few years back, if you had like a track bike that slopes, it was like, nah, dude, you, you, you can't have that. And one of my friends in Japan had one and he removed the original fork and put an Alpina fork on it. What? And it got straight. It's horizontal. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually a really nice bike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it totally changed the whole setup. Yeah, yeah. It's like it changed the geometry a lot, and you end up with like an horizontal track bike. And yeah, that's a good looking bike. But even in in like the trick setup, it's it's crazy. It's a it's a nice bike, and it's made to last. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked the BMX brand, the volume of BMX brand. It's a really dope brand, and I think the. I think it was around the 2008-2012 mark where they started producing the the fixed gear freestyle or fixed gear bike that was based around a BMX uh, BMX tubing and and BMX uh, technology, and they're they're still around now. Do they do they produce them now? I think I think they're done with it. Ones? Yeah, I don't think you can get new ones. I wouldn't mind them making a new one though. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, it would make some money. So what's like the main difference between these ones and like the Brooklyn Machine Works frames? Brooklyn Machine Works is more based around track geometry. Yeah. And yeah, where where volume and uh, the F the FGFS stuff, which is not particularly my favorite, with the the top tube in the weird position, uh, where but but the volume cutter kind of hit. It right in the middle of geometries between track and fixed gear freestyle, which make which is what makes it stand out for me. Ah, it's a really nice geometry. It still rides really fast. It doesn't ride like a fixed gear freestyle bike, but it has that uh, that way you can move it more like a fixed gear freestyle bike. That's pretty cool. You mm -hmm. rarely see people uh, doing tricks on a Brooklyn Machine Works because yeah even if it's like a super nimble frame and i love it it's a frame that is hard to move if you want to trick with it it's like yeah it has like kind of like that super short top tube that if if you really want to i don't know like throw it into a big spin or something you would need quite a long stem um yeah so yeah you don't see people that often tricking on uh, on brooklyn machine works Beautiful bikes, though. Yeah, they are. They're amazing. Yeah. They're, like, really good looking. And they made a serious comeback. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about uh, tricking, is there anything... Like, what is your favorite new trick? One-footed wheelies, man. One-footed wheelies. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, practicing them non-stop at the moment. 
I'm still waiting for my screen bike, uh, my Magnum. So my steel bike's great, but it doesn't hop the way I like to. So I kind of limit what I've been training at the moment, and it's mainly balance kind of stuff. And then I just just started practicing one foot wheelies a couple of weeks ago, and it's coming. It's coming. It's really coming. <laughs> and I'm really excited about them. How do you manage that? So do you know when you, you've got that high point to take your hands off, yeah. where you're almost like sitting over the top tube and the, 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 the stem is like really close and you can lose your, you can take your hands off for that moment. Yeah. You still do it one handed, but then you drop your right or left foot and you just kind of keep it moving and you use your foot to keep your balance as well. And you, you push your, the, the foot that's still on the pedal, you're kind of pushing it around and pulling it, pushing it around. It's like when you take one foot off and you're just coasting. Do you know the different feeling you get from pushing and pull on the one foot yeah. on a fixed gear? It's a bit like that motion. Interesting. Um, yeah, I was going to send you a video because I knew you'd be like, okay, that's my next one after I sent it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and your big spin, dude, that was epic yesterday. Oh, yeah, yesterday. You finally made the 720 big spin. And Huge. Yeah, it was. It's such a nice feeling, you know? <laughs> and yeah, it took me like, Two days, yeah, two or three days to learn that, but uh, yeah. You, you got it super smooth, man. <laughs> Thank you. Super smooth. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, super proud of myself, uh, really happy I've done this, and then go on YouTube and look like a match radius video or something, I'm like, ah, I'm still quite behind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of writers out there that are just pulling some insane stuff. Some days it totally inspires me to just go out and train. Yeah. And then other days I'm like, oh, I never, it's so hard to get to that level. It's so yeah. high. Yeah. But it's all possible, I think. It's like when I see myself that I need like two or three pedal strokes to prepare myself and then a full half turn to, you know, have enough inertia to do mm -hmm. like a 720. And then I see Matt and half a pedal stroke doing a keel spin for like i don't know like five or six uh rotations dude just how where does that energy come from you know yeah yeah matt's got an amazing style um him and andy sparks and brother Lantage, those guys to be honest yeah they're, they're not just good i think their style is is incredible and the way matt shoots and edits as well yeah it's, it's really good too yeah yeah big up to them man they're killing it but yeah i don't i i you know practice and practice some tricks that seem to be so hard in the beginning that become a little easier and easier over time the more you do them i i i hope that's what uh what the key is to spinning because yeah i i can get my double cues quite confidently now on a regular basis but now pushing to the third one and and yeah it's just it seems like each time it's another step yeah how many rotation does Maddie uh for like a, a big spin Maddie, i've seen do four four sometimes close to five but he can hit three or four comfortably most times no problem huh i know where to stop then okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's an insane rider absolutely insane he learns tricks so quickly uh it's it's 
amazing to watch on one hand and super frustrating to see someone just click his fingers and he's like, I'm going to try that and pull it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's such a strong rider, man. And I think now he's defining his style a bit more. Um, and some of the lines are getting way more technical. Uh, some of the spots, I think I push him a bit more to go to different spots. BMX background, I'm not so keen on always just riding flat. Yeah. I like, I like to, I like to ride some uh, different spots and he seems to be embracing that quite a lot as well and doing different lines and more technical stuff, which is really nice to see. Yeah, no, I like the, the thing he put out on his Instagram recently is it's something. It's he's definitely getting the, 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 better by the day. Yeah, yeah. Every time he goes out, he learns something. Yeah. Which is insane. He had a nasty crash the other day with one of the, the fixed building riders, Norbert, uh, and he collided and just hit his face and blacked his eye. So, and his eye went completely red and completely bruised. And it was just a simple accident. It was a bit like what we did in Paris. Oh, yeah. They were wheeling, wheeling and not, not faking, but they were wheeling this time. Yeah, I've seen his eyes. It was like completely red, like injected oh. with blood. Yeah, the whole thing was like Terminator style, like <laughs> red eye. It's crazy. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that, Fabian? No, I don't. I don't know. It was what just was one eye and it was like red, but like full red, you know? Damn. Really bad. Is it? Wait, how long ago was that? Couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Ah, okay. So now it's fine, right? Or yeah, now it's back to normal. Okay. Damn. Yeah. That sounds scary. Yeah, it is scary. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't there when it happened, and I got back because I lived with Matty, and I was just like, "What? What happened?" I was like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" He was like, "Yeah, it's not that painful, but it looks pretty bad." I was like, "Yeah, it looks awful." <laughs> Don't leave the house for a couple of days. He's like, "Okay." Scare <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Do you feel that living with Mari, you both are like pushing yourself to learn more tricks and always go out? Yeah, yeah. To, to, to be honest, I'm struggling not having the bike I want. I know it's a cliche, but I um, really have been waiting for my mag, waiting for a new Magnum since the last year, since it got stolen, uh, uh, taken by the police. I keep saying stolen. They didn't get stolen. <laughs> same thing. Pocket. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt like that to me. Um, so I, I'm pretty slow this year, which is a, getting me down a bit. Um, I'm not progressing or training as much as I want, but hopefully that should change in the next few weeks. Uh, but definitely we push each other pretty hard. And with the business as well, it's really nice. We chat about ideas. We chat about who we want to connect with, who we want to collaborate with. And yeah, it's a, just a constant thing over dinner. Over, over a beer it's good it's really good living with them bikes everywhere <laughs> yeah you guys must have like bikes. void the room i've got four in my room at the moment matty's got two in his room and then there is the bike room which has about wait yeah, there is a bike room books. and plus your four in his two there's a dedicated bike room oh my god dream, <laughs> dream. with with the FBS on the wall, the bike punk on the wall, bike from Vicious on the wall, one Cannondale track, the Pelazzoni, uh, the, the, obviously the mashes are there somewhere. His old mashes stuck to the wall. 
He has his data frames hanging up there. Uh, what else has he got? He's got one of the screen bikes. He's got his volume cutter. Uh, yeah. And he's got another Cannondale track in his bedroom on the wall. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of bikes. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of bikes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have like two yeah. in my room and one friend. I'm like, yep, that's enough. No more, please. You, you've got a sick collection. I know you have, and I know they're not all with you in Paris at the moment. No, they're not. <laughs> even if bikes are beautiful things, and I keep saying that again and again, but even if they are beautiful, and if you have access to them, you want to ride all of them. Visually, <laughs> they take so much space. You know. Yeah. yeah. So much clutter. Yeah. yeah. And so like, even if you have one with drops and you put it on the wall and it literally takes no space, you know, no literal space, visually it's cluttering your room a lot. So now I have two yeah, bikes, one frame and I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm good. This, this is enough. And yeah, I have like, I have the, the lava for everyday commuting and when I go do tricks and I have the the other one when I go to the velodrome, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I my room is quite a minimal room, but yeah, with four bikes in it, it becomes pretty noisy pretty quickly, and it would. I guess that's why Matty has a bike room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best thing having a bike room. And then I've got my one eighties uh, MTB uh 26 inch mountain bike as well which i use oh, you it's have one of those brakes. too yeah i love uh 80s 90s uh mountain bikes i think they're really aesthetically was a good time for mountain bikes 26 inch stuff i love it i just upgraded the brakes i put some xt stuff on it new uh slx slx clutch mech on the back so it's 10 by one um just with a dior shifter but it runs really fast it shifts really fast um yeah it's a pretty solid little bike awesome and i don't stress i don't stress about locking it up anywhere put a rack on it it's had a rack on and the rack came back off again <laughs> <laughs> i visually i love racks and i just can't get away with my front end being um Oh, and Matty now has a Omni cargo bike, just to add to the collection, by the way. Yeah. Oh, did he just bought that to go to the post office with the chain reaction <laughs> orders? Maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It is perfect. I wanted one, too, and I still want one if I had the space and the money. Yeah. Uh, we did have a night ride last month, and we put the huge big sound system on the Omni. Uh, and yeah, we really arranged, I think there's about 40 riders out, and we were just hammering beats and riding through the city, which was which was a pretty special night ride. I, the Omni does bring something to uh, da daily life, I think, that uh, other bikes can't. <laughs> yeah. When it's empty, it just feels like a normal bike. Yeah, yeah, it rides so well. It's mind-blowing. It's it's just like a normal bike. I put uh, I went with my girlfriend last week to the lake. I put the inflatable boat on the front, some food, some water, my bag, some tools just in case. And yeah, it must have been 20 kilos on the front, 15, 17 or 18 kilos. It still rode. It still, I, I had to go through the woods, and it still handled really well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Fabian, they also make a titanium version if you want one. I know I know you're into <laughs> yeah, that. So I will I'll just go head out to the garden to the money trees, get some money plants oh, yeah. and buy it. Yeah, that kind of plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen I think there is two in Paris, titanium ones, and they're easy to recognize because they're like something different. They're really, really nice. Yes. I really rate the bike overall, and I think uh, the titanium one's pretty special. Um, I mean, yeah, they're super unique. People stop and ask you about it constantly. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't think they were that unheard of, but people were like, what is this? How does it work? And I was like, well, it's pretty much a normal bike with a 20-inch wheel on the front and the right rake fork, the right design, and you can carry a lot of weight without jeopardizing the ride quality. Yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah, they're they're really really well designed. Where are they from? Uh Denmark, Omnium. Ah. So I think in Denmark as well as well as the Netherlands, it's really common for like parents to have like these big cargo bikes with like like a bucket in the front, basically, and then they carry their kids around in it and cycle through the city and to school yeah. and stuff. So and I do the shopping. Yeah, yeah. It seems really fun to have as well, but I, I, I was like toying with the idea for a while to get like a cargo bike, but like I would never use it for anything. So it's kind of like a waste. I think it's one of those situations that if you own a van, somehow you end up moving stuff for people all of the time. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a there's a relevant key and peel yeah. skit for that if you guys know it. It's like like um, a boyfriend and the girl I'll just I'll just explain it because it's pretty funny so it's like a boyfriend and girlfriend they're both sitting on the couch and then the girlfriend wants to move out and she's like they're talking oh by the way I heard you had a van and then the second she says van the boyfriend's eyes are like popping like oh no she's gonna ask me to help her move and then, and then, and then instead of doing that she, he says oh I think I think we should be a, we should be a break we're not good fit just to get out of helping her van <laughs> But yeah, I feel like if you have an Omnium bike, people would be like, ah, oh, I, I just bought this little desk online. Can yeah. you help me move it? Yeah, like, I think like that's that. what ends up happening. I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, I want to use it so uh, I can help you out. And then before you know it, you're <laughs> picking up picking up <laughs> someone's washing and laundry <laughs> and dropping uh, their, their uh, food shopping off. <laughs> Hashtag messenger life. <laughs> yeah. I just launched my new website last week on Friday. So I started building wheels a couple of years ago. I, I don't know if, if it's an all right segue to cut into that now. Yeah, I, we were, I was actually going to talk about it, but go, go. I mean, the perfect, it's like you have our show notes under your <laughs> eyes. So it's kind of frightening, but go for it. <laughs> I've got the PDF yet. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I've been building wheels for a while now. And yeah, I, I love the process. I work as a mechanic. And wheel building has kind of changed that for me. It's a much nicer side of, of mechanics that I really like. The process is is peaceful, calming, and yeah, you know what it's like to build a set of wheels and, and choosing the rims and choosing the hubs. So I'm offering that as a service, mainly for fixed gear people in and around Europe. Uh, at the moment, I have a bunch of stock of DT, swim, uh, DT Swiss rims in. I've just bought some DT Swiss hubs um i've got a stock of sapim spokes and nipples all in different sizes um i yeah just offering a service in case anyone wants some nice custom wheel built and i don't have the expense of 
you know, running a shop or rent. I, I can I have a tuning stand at home. I have the basic setup, park tool stuff, um, which is really nice. And yeah, just wanted to say if you want to check my website out, I'm going to do a weekly blog about my bikes, about what components I choose, why do I ride this, how do I ride, what do I like about it, all that kind of stuff. And there is a pre-order form for the book on there. Very simple website, three pages. Perfect. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. So that will be in the show notes as well, for sure. So you guys should check it out. Yeah, we'll put that in the show Thanks, notes. Thanks, guys. So you guys can like check the... Is the pricing available on your no, website? No, uh, because I'm not a business, uh, I didn't want to put any pricing on the website at the moment. Um, and plus, it all depends on which hubs you want which rooms you want, what I've, yeah. what I've got available or what I can source. Uh, I have a few friends that run bike shops, so I can quite comfortably get most, most things. Um, obviously more specific stuff is more difficult to come across, but yeah, I'm sure I can hook you up with a decent set of custom wheels. And, and what I'm into now is wider rims. Uh, Vixia Freestyle, I managed to, I think it's the EX471 from DT Swiss, which is a 32 millimeter wide rim, and it comes in 29 inch, 27.5, and 26. And I run a 26 on my front on my Magnum for bar spins, so I've managed to get the same rim front and back in two different sizes: 29 on the back, 26 on the front. Putting a 32 mil tire on that, and that measures 37C. So for an Oh my yeah, god. And, and with the correct gear ratio that fits just in the frame. Um but yeah, I'm kind of looking more into the different size with the rims to what it does to the tire. Because if you put a 32 mil tire on a 19 mil wide rim, the 32 it's gonna raise the tire in height but not in width. Where if you put a wider rim on, you're actually stretching the tire wider when it's not raising the tire profile as much. So you're kind of cheating the system a little bit if you get the right gear ratio and you can put much wider tires in a freestyle bike, which I'm really into. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that now it's possible to put 29 inch uh, rim on a track bike. I know it's nearly yeah. the same as 700C, but it's like, it's wide, man. And, and it's crazy. The last my my new wheels for the Magnum are Mental Hubs, which is a BMX brand with a downhill rim. <laughs> Nothing really fixed yeah. here in there, uh, apart from obviously Mental are producing fixed gear hubs. But you both brands are downhill or uh, BMX, and, and they're solid solid wheels. Do you still use like thirty six uh, spokes for your trick wheels? No, I I thirty two is my is my number. I I have okay. a, I have a few the, on my Ranger is 36 and on my old Scream is 36 and to be honest I don't get the I don't as long as you maintain the wheels on a trick bike I don't get the the extra stiffness or the extra benefit from from the four extra spokes front and back I think 32 is just a nice looking for the space between the spokes I don't like it when there's too many spokes in the wheel it looks too cluttered, too noisy, and to be honest, I don't notice the difference for tricking on 36 over 32, so I stick to 32. 
32 is like the sweet spot for a lot of people. I really like the aesthetic of 28, but yeah, definitely yeah. for Trick, 32 is better. Yeah, anything that you're not tricking, 24, 28 looks way better, I think, aesthetically. Yeah, a little bit less than 24 in the back, and it's basically asking for trouble, but <laughs> you guys already know that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, anything you would like to add uh, before before we we go on to the after show? Just a big shout out to everyone really pushing the fitness scene at the moment. Um, Derek has just launched Vector bikes in Melbourne, which is cool. Uh, JRI fixed in also in Melbourne or, or or in Australia. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're in Melbourne as well. Are producing a steel trick bike. Tom Constella and all of the, the Icarus guys in the UK and the fixed pirates are growing, which is really nice to see. Um, yeah, just re really like what the community at the moment and, and pushing everyone as hard as we can and seeing where it goes and doing it all together. Yeah. And what you guys do is amazing. You guys do a podcast. It's, it's really, really good. Hmm, thank you. I mean, we're messing around for a bunch of hours and then putting it online, so it's not a big deal. Hashtag lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, Fabian? Anything you want to add? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have anything to add, no. I will remain silent. Exactly. Well, this is pretty much all the time we have for today. As usual, everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, slowspinsociety.com. Uh, you'll also find the suggestion box there where you can tell us what we should talk about in the podcast or if you just want to add something, communicate with us. Uh, this is probably the best way. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or on our Instagram at slowspinsociety. Uh, it's great to get people on there, either on the Instagram, on the Discord server. And yeah, the server is a lot of fun. You guys should, should check it out if you haven't yet. Sharing the podcast with your friend is the easiest way to support the show by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting value back in, either by supporting us on Apple Podcasts with their new subscription program, or by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast. To join the community, we're pledging at any level we grants you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 24 Patreons, bringing us really, real close to our monthly goal and more privileges for every tier. Thank you so much, all of you guys, for your support. Yes, thank you. The music for the show is Loveless Winter by Amaria. And the illustration, as always, is by at Julia Joe on Instagram. Well, pretty good show. And yeah, yeah we're going to slowly go to the after show. This was week four. So pretty chill episode with Rob. And yeah, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Right. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Oh,